first started, I made a batch and I forgot some of the water. I measured everything except for the extra little bit amount of water that I needed, and it came out hard as a rock, and it was terrible. <laughs> and I, I told my manager at the time, I was like, I think I messed this up. I don't think I did this right. And she looked at it and she's like, oh yeah, just put it in the fridge and just like let people know that it might not be that great. Everyone was mad at me. Everyone was super annoyed. They're like, we had to throw out all that dough and make dough in the middle of the service. Like, we couldn't even use it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't think they were ever going to trust me to do it again, honestly. I was like, well, that's the end of that. Hello and welcome to the Dine One Six, a food podcast about Sacramento where we take you behind the scenes and introduce you to some of the people making your favorite dining experiences happen. My name is Max Connor. I'm one of your hosts, joined by our other host, Neil Little. Neil, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just finding every way possible to beat the heat right now. It has been smoking in Sacramento recently. You know, one of the fun things about this time of the year is I actively do not cook in the kitchen because I don't want to heat my house up, so it gives me the opportunity to go out in town and find fun, new, cool food. And that's exactly what I've been doing recently. How about you? Yeah, same here. I mean, I went and had some Mexican food last night with some friends, swung over to Salt and Straw afterwards and got some ice cream. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it was it was delicious. It was. I mean, I left the Mexican joint, Los Compadres, which is solid Mexican food over on Fair Oaks by Lomans Plaza. Solid does the trick sometimes. Sometimes I want no frills, just get her done, get me full. Yeah. They have a good, they have a, you know, good, like, five salsa salsa bar. They have the jalapeno crema, which I love when places have that. They also have uh, love it. grilled jalapeno and onions as well as some pickled red onions. Like, yeah, it's it's good. Sounds like they know what they're doing over there. They do. Nonetheless, when I walked out, it was 100 degrees at 9 p.m. when I hopped into the car, and I was like, I'm going to get some ice cream. So... Good logic there. I like that. Yeah, one of the things with these heat these days is I was like, I am just not going to cook in my house. And one of my favorite things to go get while it's this hot is a nice slice of pie. Pizza pie, that is. Not the fruit kind, although I do love that too. But pizza's just always been, I don't know about you guys, but for me, always been a part of my life. I, I was mentioning to Max earlier, I saw a little meme the other day of like the original pizza hut with like your book rewards and everything and, and make your own salad bar with like croutons, ranch, cheese and sunflower seeds. I don't even know if I put lettuce in there. (laughs) But I'm very excited to share the pizza that this town has because we actually have some outstanding pizza in town, don't we, Max? Yeah, man, absolutely. There is some really good pizza in Sacramento and, you know, some places that haven't been around that long that are really kind of putting Sacramento on the map. So we wanted to talk to some people over our next few episodes who are working in some of our favorite pizza joints. So that's exactly what we did. We've got some really cool people coming on the podcast the next couple of weeks to share share with us their journey into developing their own pizza and style and where they work. And it was a lot of fun to learn about all the cool stuff that we have here, and we're excited to share it with you guys. Yeah, and so our guest today is Chloe Booth, who works at Pizzasaurus Rex, who is the morning dough maker. She's the dough maven. She wakes up, gets there at 6 a.m. every day, and makes all the dough for the day. Has really gotten deep into pizza since working there. And if you haven't been to Pizzasaurus Rex, you need to get over there and check it out. They do a sort of pan, a square pan style pizza, not quite Detroit style. It's, you know, kind of their own thing, as you'll hear in the episode. And she had a great story. She's just a really fun, interesting, cool person, as is everyone we interview. And so with that, let's introduce you to Chloe Booth of Pizzasaurus Rex. 
we have Chloe Booth here who works in the kitchen at Pizzasaurus Rex. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we always start off by asking people what food was like growing up. What was food like in your home? To be perfectly honest, money was pretty tight growing up. So we had a lot of like frozen dinners, rice roni, stuff like that. But my mom was big into cooking, so she went to culinary school and went through all that and everything. So when we did have, like, homemade meals, it was always awesome. She made a lot of, like, she made beet soup, which wasn't borscht. It was beet soup Hmm. and stroganoff and lots of pasta. And she also let us, like, when we went out to eat, it was always something different. So we experienced, like, sushi, Ethiopian food. She wanted us to have, like, a big range of cuisine. So growing up at home... Food, usually something really simple, but on the special occasions, we got some really cool stuff. Did she whip up things with simple ingredients at times that were really good, sort of stretching a budget, or was she, or were you guys eating a lot of stuff kind of off the shelf because she was also, they were working full-time or she was working a bunch and couldn't um, really take that kind of time? Spaghetti. Had spaghetti. a lot of spaghetti, a lot of spaghetti. Anything with, like, simple pasta, like a lot of spaghetti sauce, like I said, like stroganoff, stuff like that, but yeah, and... A lot of times our grandma would have like staple items like, you know, frozen pot pies and corn dogs and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Where did your mom go to culinary school? Um, she went to Roseville. I think it was ITT Tech has has their culinary program, if I remember correctly. I was a child, so I don't remember I was like, that was a name much. I haven't yeah. heard in a while. ITT <laughs> Tech. <That's right>. Yeah. <laughs> it's like DeVry, that and DeVry. Yeah, absolutely. Day. <laughs> Daytime commercials. Remember, we would drive her down there for her classes. Like, my dad and all of us would pile in the car and take my mom to culinary school, and she did that. And we got to try all of her homework, pretty much. Like, she would cook at home, and, like, she'd have to bring it in back to class, and, like, we always got to test different things out. And it was a really fun experience, honestly. It was cool. That's cool. How old were you when she was doing that? Oh, probably, like, eight or nine. Okay. It was pretty little. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any dishes you, like, specifically remember? She made avocado gelato one time. No way. Yeah, so she had to do, like, a whole bunch on avocados. So she did, like, the spicy crab and avocado soup, which I thought was super fancy. And then the avocado gelato, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. I'd try that. that yeah. yeah. I'm was sure it? that's a thing. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady, I'm sure, does it. <laughs> no doubt. So did your mom end up then working in restaurants a little bit, or did she sort of start that career and then decide it wasn't for her? She catered a few times, and she worked at a couple different restaurants. I know that she had interviewed at Crew, and she she did, she kind of moved around a lot eventually, she moved out of that career, though. Unfortunately, she's not in our lives anymore. Mm. So I couldn't tell you if she's still doing that or not. Sure. But yeah, I remember she got to cater for the air show and she got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Did your grandma cook at home? I know you mentioned your grandma and before we were talking in the interview. You were talking about your grandma helped you land your first job in a food restaurant, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But yeah. Was grandma, uh, <laughs> cook, grandma cooking a thing as well? Both my grandparents on both sides. They, like, they cooked pretty... Pretty standard meals, a lot of pot roasts, stews, soups like that. My grandma made this, um, they're called porcupine meatballs. They're like meatballs with rice in them, and they're like stewed in this tomato sauce, and she would make mm. that quite often. She always made us waffles if we spent the night. So nice. they, they, they all kind of cooked a little bit. All right, yeah. cool. When did you know you wanted to start be- like using food as your profession? I think... I've always kind of had a passion for food and watching my mom go through all of that and like watching her cook and learning things from her. We spent a lot of time watching like Food Network and Travel Channel and my favorite of all time, Anthony Bourdain, just all the time. I've read all his books, 
Kitchen Confidential, Nasty Bits, all that stuff, like super inspiring. And I really like the idea of like the community behind the kitchen mm. and like working with your hands, constantly doing something. And plus, I just love food. I always wanted to do something like that. So I, I never really thought that I would end up in kitchens, but I always had like a passion for it. And now that I'm like more into it, I really want to keep going. <laughs> so probably since a young age, I've always wanted to kind of work with food. Cool. So you said you were telling me before you tried to go the route of working with computers. Yeah. And uh, had a job at Intel and that mm -hmm. wasn't for you. And then tell us how you ended up in a kitchen instead. So or in a restaurant. So my first restaurant job, I did work at Dell's Pizza in Fair Oaks. So I worked there, and I did not want to work there originally. I was looking for a job, and I was around 19, and my grandma had ended up ordering a pizza from Dell's Pizza, and she ended up talking to the owner and telling him, oh, my granddaughter really needs a job. You should hire her. <laughs> and, of course, the next day she drags me in there, and she's like, you need to talk to the owner, and he needs to talk to you. And she's sitting there staring at us, watching us talk, and, like, just basically forced this man to give me a job. <laughs> so I ended up working at the pizza place for about three years, which honestly was really fun. I really did enjoy it. It's still there. It's still a great restaurant, and I'm sure they have great business, so... Yeah, you said you did everything there, right? Everything from, I mean, just yeah. whatever there was to do, you did it, make pizzas. Yeah, that was my first experience working with the ovens, too, because a lot of places, they have, like, the conveyor belt ovens, mm -hmm. that they have the two stacked brick ovens, like we do at Pizzasaurus, and that was my first time ever using them, and so I got to learn how to rotate the pizzas and watch the temperature and, like, keep an eye on everything and learn how to, like, really, like, gauge what you're doing and how fast you need to do it and get the orders out and help people and... It got crazy sometimes because you can only put like twenty pizzas in those ovens, so it was fun though. Dang, oh, that seems like a only lot. twenty. Know, Hold on. Like, how <laughs> in the world do you keep track of twenty pizzas in an oven? I have my single pizza oven at home, and that stresses me out. I can't even <laughs> fathom those thoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, like with that, at least they have like different sizes. At Pizza Source, we just have the one size, and they're in the sheet trays. So with those, you can only fit six, six or seven in both ovens with room to rotate everything. <laughs> so honestly, having like the different sizes of pizza makes it a little easier. That, that's a manageable number there. Yeah. Six to seven, I like that. 20, <laughs> that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. It's like giving me sweats just thinking about it. So what did you, you know, you talked about reading Bourdain and sort of like having a feeling of like, there's this culture here in restaurants that I like. Did you find that at Dell's when you started working there? I know it was a family owned restaurant. What did you, what did you fall in love with about working there? So working at Dell's, I like the I like the customers. I like the repeat customers that we had, the the regulars and everything. Like I really we had a lady who worked in the salon right behind us and she would come in through the back door and order her food and we'd talk. I really love talking with people and being like social like that. So I really liked the return customers and making sure that everyone was happy and I was there for so long that I got to see people like grow. We had this one lady who ended up I saw her from before she was pregnant to when she was pregnant to when her baby was born. I got to deliver pizza to them, and it was, like, really special. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that was cool. It was kind of a sense of community. There wasn't much of a kitchen community there because we had a lot of, like, mostly summer teenager people coming and going. And sure. So we didn't have a lot of people that stayed in that kind of job, but it gave me an idea of, like, how to work a line and work an oven and talk to customers and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was fun. So you you started with pizza. Have you always just done the pizza route or have you gone off into other cuisines at all? So when I was 
still working at Pizzasaurus. I was also working at the Green Room, and I had gotten a chance to work there because one of our managers had moved over to that restaurant, and they offered me a prep position. And I tried it out, and I worked my way from prep cook, dishwasher, to working on the line a little bit because they need an extra hand, and eventually they're like, we're going to put you on the line full time. Like, you try this out. So I got to learn how to be a line cook. I got to learn how to work a grill, work work salads, do all that kind of stuff, know how all that stuff works with the servers and building a menu and working on like seasonal ingredients and learning different techniques and everything. And I loved it. It was so fun. It was really, really cool. I would love to go back to doing something like that eventually, but I'm super happy where I am right now. So I'm sticking with this. But yeah, no, that experience at the green room was fantastic. Mm. I loved it. That's <laughs> what I love to hear. Yeah. What did you like about working on the line most? Um, I liked how fa- fast paced it was. I don't really do well when I have to sit still for too long. <laughs> it drives me insane. So that's why computers didn't work out for me because <laughs> I can't stand them. But yeah, the fast pace, also working with fresh ingredients and learning new menu items mm. made me super excited. I got to work on a lot of different things. Like I got to put a couple things on the menu, which really excited me. And getting to talk with the bartenders and like meet new people and like work with distributors and all that kind of stuff. Like I just love everything about it. It's super fun. It's it's a really exciting place to work. Tell us about some of your favorite dishes that you made. What are you most proud of or what do you remember? Well, when I was there, I did Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Love them. They're fantastic. So I did like maple glazed Brussels sprouts with red pepper flakes and lardon and this maple mustard sauce they were really good that sounds fantastic yeah, sounds it was delicious good. i make them at home now because <laughs> i'm just like I'm, i could just make this at home i'm gonna do it all the time that sounds amazing brussels sprouts were another, another thing i didn't eat growing up that i discovered when i was like 30. it's like oh these are delicious if they're cooked wrong they can be really bad they can well yeah and we've talked about this on this podcast before we're both like child of the 80s which was the land of just steam vegetables to hell. Like, I never had a roasted vegetable. Yeah, or boil. <laughs> yeah. I never had a roasted vegetable. I don't think my entire, other than potatoes, my yeah. entire life. It's like why it never crossed my parents' mind to roast asparagus or, yeah, roast Brussels sprouts. Well, my dad hates Brussels sprouts, so that's probably why we didn't eat them. But My like, dad does, too, and my dad will eat anything. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Brussels sprouts are the one thing he won't go near. I'm like, just throw in the air fryer with some bacon. Just trust me. It they're works. So good. Oh, they're so good. I think yeah. they're fantastic as well. They are. They're I think delicious. that's one thing I was happy my mom always had us. Like, I don't remember not liking vegetables growing up because my mom never made it weird to, like, eat them. She never been like, oh, well, you know, you got to try it. Like, no, we just wanted to eat them. So, like, Brussels sprouts, spinach, all that stuff, all my favorite stuff was just things other kids wouldn't eat. <laughs> I love broccoli. Me too. Absolutely yeah. love Broccoli's it. Broccoli's yeah. great. It's well, My mom was also, I mean, she was tactful, but it was eat this or go hungry. <laughs> like, it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't right. a threat, but it was an implied, yeah. like, well, there's nothing else. Yeah. That's how we do it at home. We sort yeah. of, like, provide the meal, eat what you want with it, but I'm not making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or mac and cheese no. instead later. Yeah. Like, here it is. Eat it if you like. And my kids, you know, one of them is going through a phase where they don't really want to eat anything. But the other ones, they've, they've always eaten everything. And broccoli's another one. Like, I remember just eating steamed broccoli oh, yeah. with nothing on it and having to, like, <laughs> pinch my nose and shove it in my mouth to choke it down. Because it was just, it's like, that's not how you should eat broccoli. should not just be steamed with some salt. No. 
I love the grandma coming in and just forcing the manager to give her a job at the pizza joint. But back to the vegetables, Neil. What what's a vegetable that you love today that as a kid you were just like, ugh, I'm not I'm not eating this. I, I can do you one better. Even as an adult, I was ugh, I won't eat this. But it was cauliflower. Ooh. I would not touch cauliflower with a ten foot pole. And then, of course, working with Oliver at Camden because, you know, he knows what he's doing. I, I eat cauliflower all the time now. He taught me how to cook it, what to do with it. And it's actually, I would, by, by no means, one of my favorite. Let's not pretend here. <laughs> but I have learned to appreciate it and like it. Uh, Brussels sprouts was another one I learned when I was at Empress. We'd, now, granted, if you add in balsamic and burrata and bacon and pine nuts, I'm probably going to be okay with it. But adding in the Brussels sprouts didn't hurt either. Sure. What about you? Uh, for me, I would say asparagus. Like asparagus is now one of my favorite vegetables. I remember I went to a place in San Francisco in like my early 20s, somewhere near the hate, and they were like grilling asparagus on a grill. And I got some and I was, it, it was so delicious. And again, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, how many vegetables I had that were just steamed like asparagus, which I would have to choke down. And then I had some grilled asparagus, just, it was just salt, pepper, olive oil, but grilled and blistered a little bit unbelievably delicious. So that was like the first vegetable that sort of changed my world where I went, oh, if you cook these different, I don't have to pinch my nose and choke them down. I think you bring up a really good point there. It's not about the actual vegetables, just we become more knowledgeable on how to cook them and how to prepare them. And that just helps everything. Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump back in with Chloe right as she finally made her way to Pizzasaurus Rex in a kind of unconventional way. With Pizzasaurus, it was probably like right as the pandemic was kind of dying down is when I was looking for a new job because my other job had to close down and it didn't really, couldn't go back there, unfortunately. And so I was looking around at different places and I thought kind of like I should look into food. Like I've always enjoyed it. Everyone's like, you should try to get into something like that. I'm like, okay, I'll look around and see if there's any restaurants hiring. Like I could probably do some server work because I was, I was doing that at Dell's and I like had a little bit of experience with that and randomly... I was on Facebook and I was friends with this woman who I'd never met. Her name was Angela. And we, you know, Facebook friends, like talk every once in a while, had a couple of things in common. Don't really remember how we ended up being friends, what we were. And she posted about Pizzasaurus. And she's like, I'm opening up this new restaurant. Like, I'm going to be the kitchen manager there. And I'm really excited. Like, here's our opening date. And I just messaged her and I was like, if you're hiring, let me know. I'd really appreciate the chance to like come in and check it out. It sounds like a really cool place. And she texted me back and she basically said, well, we're not hiring right now, but you can come in and check it out. And like, we'll have you work like a four hour shift or so and see if we like you. And then we'll take your application and we'll see if we're hiring in the future. Like, okay, sounds good. I went down there, started prepping some stuff for a couple hours. She asked me to stay a couple more hours, asked me to stay for eight hours, ended up staying for eight hours, asked me if I want to come back tomorrow. And I ended up being there from that day on until now (laughs) for the last two years. (laughs) So that's how I got the job. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun to help grow a restaurant. I've I've been a part of two now, Mm -hmm. and it's fun to kind of get in and see it become like a small little thing from a Facebook post into now. As I have said, and I think you can quote me, like, I think your guys' potato pie is the best pizza in town. That one is probably our most popular one. Yeah, it is. And I I like meat, too, and I'll eat a vegetarian pie. It is outstanding. It is. Yeah. So actually, funny question, what, what what, what do you consider like... 
I wouldn't call you guys Detroit style because I don't feel like you're not that thick. But what type of pizza are you guys? We get asked this question a lot. I had a feeling. The answer that that Dave has given me so far, he's the owner. It's his pizza. It's just his style pizza. I love it. It's <laughs> mine. Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Because I don't know. I've never really had pizza like it before. I've never seen a square pizza like that with, like, the kind of crust that we do or anything like that. So I couldn't tell you exactly what kind it is. No, I think that that answer was exactly what I wanted. It's mine. Perfect. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because my, my favorite style is Detroit style. You know, the, the thicker, like, the thick focaccia oh, and whatnot, yeah. which is fantastic. But, yeah, you guys somehow have that hybrid in there, and it's, it's – I good. always think I'm going to have leftovers. I never do. <laughs> never do. It looks like a big pizza until you're eating it, and then you're like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> right? It was just here. <laughs> so what do you do in the kitchen at Pizza Source Rex? I mean, I know there's not that big a menu, so obviously you're making pizza, but are you part of making the dough and getting it risen? You kind of do I, everything back there? I am primarily dough. So I do dough and prep, and then I work a little bit through the lunch period. But yeah, I'm usually there 6 a.m. to 2 o'clock. So I'm there early in the morning to make all of the dough for the day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so can you walk us through that process if it's not a secret and you won't kill us? I don't know if it's supposed to be a secret or not. I mean, our dough is a pretty standard recipe. It's just basically flour, water, agave. We use agave because we don't use honey because we want it to be vegan. So we're trying to appeal to, like, everyone. So it's a vegan crust, so we don't use honey or anything like that mm. or refined oh. sugar. Yeah, so it's agave, salt, water, flour, yeast, and olive oil. It's super simple, but we make a lot of it. <laughs> How much do you make in a day? It depends on the day. So if we're really busy the night before and I have to fill up all the racks, I'll make around five to six batches of dough, which is 170-something pizza. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's something like that, if my math is correct. Yeah, because each batch makes three racks and three racks hold 10. Well, it's very, it's it's all math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carry the two. <laughs> I can just wild. look and be like, okay, I have to make like, Four batches today. I have to make two batches today. I love the days where I have to make two batches. I'm sure <laughs> those yeah. are easy days. Yeah. So how do you guys mix it? You guys have a big. Oh yeah, big we have one of the, mixer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish we had two of them, <laughs> but yeah, we <laughs> yeah, have one of them. Six batch days, I'm sure. Yeah, but we have one of those, and it's fun. I get to get there in the morning. I get to chill by myself, throw on some music, and start the dough. And it's it's fun. It's the same thing over and over again. So it's easy for me at least because I don't really have to think too hard anymore. But yeah, and then after that, I just start on other prep and stuff like that. We also shred our own cheese, make our own sauce, do all that kind of stuff. So, mm. and I'm hungry again. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do so, this every time. Did it take you a while to learn? Was the recipe pretty foolproof? Did it take you a while to learn from the dough? Because I mean, dough, any naturally leavened, you know, or even with you know instant yeast or whatever, it's a it can be a fickle mistress for sure. And when you're counting on like this is our main thing, it yeah. has to be right. <laughs> Did you have any days where it was a disaster or early on where you were like watching it rise and realized like, oh, this isn't going to work. I got to remake a whole batch. When I first started, I made a batch and I had forgot some of the water. I measured everything except for the extra little bit amount of water that I needed. And it came out hard as a rock and it was terrible. <laughs> and I, I told my manager at the time, I was like, I think I messed this up. I don't think I did this right. And she looked at it and she's like, oh, yeah, just put it in the fridge and just like let people know that it might not be that great. Everyone was mad at me. Everyone was super annoyed. They're like, we had to throw out all that dough and make dough in the middle of the service. Like, we couldn't even use it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't think they were ever going to trust me to do it again, honestly. I was like, well, that's the end of that. But oh, no, I just man. kept I just kept at it. And I, I'm a morning person. And a lot of people aren't morning people. So they're like, if you want to come in early and yeah. do this, you can do it. And I'm like, okay. 
So I just have been doing it ever since. <laughs> oh, no one's going to stop you from opening. Nope. <laughs> yeah, pretty right? much. Not in the restaurant world. No. They're like, oh, you want to be up at four to get ready and drive down here and make dough? Why not? <laughs> yeah. So how do you know when the dough's right? A lot of it is feel. Oh, I can just look at it and I'm just like, okay, that looks good. Yeah. Well, and that, that's not helpful or like descriptive at all. No, I know. No, that's saying. the key, right? I mean, yeah. it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I want you to be that good making pizza dough. It's like, yeah, yeah that's fine. Let it go. Yeah. But it's it's kind of hard though, because like I'll have to like train other people on how to do like new people that we have come in. They're like, oh, can you show them how to do the dough? And I'm like, oh no, I have to think about this now. I have to like think about what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, hold on. We have the recipe on the wall, so it's like everyone can look at it and go through it. But it if you've never done it and you're not really sure what you're looking for, it can be a little intimidating. And you're like, is this right? Is this what this is supposed to be? Yeah. But yeah, I can usually just like look at it and see, okay, that needs a little bit more water or that needs a little bit like more time resting. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I love working with the dough a lot because it's something I take pride in. Yeah. No, as you should. I mean, it's, I, I make a fair amount of bread at home. I know Neil makes his own pizza dough when he makes his Neil style pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like pizza source racks. We'll call it your Dave Smith. There we go. Your Dave Smith style is what you're going to start calling it now <laughs> since that's the owner of pizza source racks. But, but yeah, I mean, you can read in the cookbook like, oh, it should be smooth and elastic, or yeah. sometimes you'll see like, you know, on British Baking Show, they'll do like the window pane test, which I've never, it's like you just can feel when it's been kneaded enough, when it's the right consistency, yeah. when it's too wet, when it's too dry. And that's why if anyone's, you know, trying to bake bread or everyone who did in the pandemic, the first 20, <laughs> 20 loaves they made were, were see, probably what's, garbage. What's funny know? is I've... I've never made bread at home. I bet. I know I, I don't make bread at home. I, yeah. I, this is my first time making pizza dough, too. <laughs> so I've just, I don't know. I, I'm glad it turns out well. <laughs> Do you ever make pizza dough at home? Nope. Nope. I don't eat pizza at home. <laughs> Do you eat pizza at work? All or the you time. Say, okay. I eat pizza at That's work like all the time. Hear. I'll go in on my days off and get pizza. Yeah. I mean, it is that good. No, I totally get it, though. We, we have things on the Camden menu that. The sausage rolls. I've had sausage <laughs> rolls for a lifetime at this point, whereas every table I talk to gets sausage rolls. It's, I totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I worked at Beast and Bounty, and we had a Eggs Benedict pizza. During oh. Dude, it's, it's – I would say that's one of the best pies in Sacramento. <laughs> it's so good. And I didn't know about just, this. Dude, it's amazing. And it was like there would be, you know, one screw-up per shift, and it was just like – Yes. Just put it, the, the salad line's closed during that day. It just gets put back there and just, yeah, right. So the best, the best. What is your favorite pizza to make? Like off the menu or just like my favorite one that we've made so far? You personally. So my favorite pizza that we've made at Pizzasaurus actually happened because of a mix-up with produce. So they ended up sending us a bunch of bags of these champagne grapes and no one knew what to do with them. And they was like, oh, I'll just eat them, take them home. And like, we're going to make a pizza out of this. We're, we're going to make this happen because I love champagne grapes. And so we made a pizza and the base was caramelized onions and jalapenos, Swiss cheese, champagne grapes, blue cheese, baked in the oven and then drizzled it with our hot honey. And because I was trying to like em emulate like a cheese board kind of. And it was fantastic. I loved it. It was really good. 
Oh, yeah, she just trumped her eggs Benedict right there yeah. real quick. <laughs> fantastic. It turned out better than I expected because I was kind of like winging it and I was like, okay, this, this is either going to go over really well or it's not going to sell at all and I just wasted a bunch of product. <laughs> but it turned out being pretty popular. I mean, so. you got the sweet, you got the funky, you got the creamy. That just sounds, yeah, yeah that checks all the boxes right there. It, I mean, if Produce wants to give us more grapes on accident, that'd be great. <laughs> so what, what exactly are champagne grapes? They, just are so the, they are the really tiny purple grapes that are like super sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why they're called champagne grapes because they don't taste like champagne. They don't have that like acidic flavor. just little bubbles. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah. they're just, they're delicious and they're tiny. Get that little burst when you. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. That sounds really good. I like blue cheese on anything though. Me too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm also a big fan of the hot honey craze that's going on. Oh, absolutely. Apparently as well. Yeah. You we wanna, make that in house as well. Yeah. You want to drizzle hot honey on a pizza? What, uh, for it. What, what's the other? Is it the ranch or are you just your special sauce? No, the dino sauce. The dino sauce. Dino sauce. Speaking of like yeah. maybe secrets. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that like one is. What is in the um, dino? What's the dino sauce is kind of like just a hybrid chimichurri, honestly. It's delicious. It's tons of jalapenos and cilantro, lemon, lime juice, zest. Oh, gosh, we used to zest all of the lemons and limes are by hand when we first oh. started. <laughs> and you have to make, we have to make so much, it sells out so quickly. Yeah. You can buy it by the court, so we have to make a lot oh every single God. day. By the court? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We, we, we will sell you ranch and dino sauce by the court if you ask for it. So. <laughs> and your ranch is outstanding, too. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. It's got that full-fat buttermilk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the dino sauce. Does it have something sweet in it, too? Is there agave? Agave, yeah. Yeah, we use agave for that as well. So that's also technically vegan because it's all just vegetables and agave. <laughs> so that's a brilliant business plan. Just make yeah. it so everybody can eat it. Yeah. You got no problems. Well, that's yeah. why we do vegan Mondays, too. So we do, like, our regular slices and everything, and we'll do, like, the dino slice throughout the week. But vegan, vegan Mondays, that's when we, like, try to really make them all-inclusive for everybody. And you said the dough's vegan automatically, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that makes if, if your base is vegan, you're good to go on anything. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah. I love your location, too. I used to work at Golden Bear. I just think that's such a great little corner, and, like, you got Rick's Dessert just a block away now. It's a great it's yeah. a great location. I love that area so much, especially since it's to Golden Bear. You can't go wrong over yep. there, either. <laughs> love Golden Bear. Yeah. yeah. So how long do you see yourself staying at Pizza Source Rex, or wh where do you see your next step being? Until they get rid of me, I guess. Um, no, I, I... Not to put your job on the line or anything, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, forever. Well, Definitely actually, forever. I'm going to yeah. put in my two weeks, two weeks from Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, today's my last day, I guess. No, I want to stay there as, as long as I can, honestly. Like, I really do love the business. I I love the people I work with. My coworkers are super fun. It's, I hate to use the word, like, we're all family. But, like, you know, you, you spend eight hours a day with the same people every single day. You mm -hmm. end up getting pretty close with everybody. And everybody's super nice and easy to work with. And it's a fun restaurant. And you get fun customers. And it is in a great location. So, basically, like, once you get off work, you can do whatever you want. It's great. So I want to stay there as long as I'm as long as I'm still happy there. And I'm happy there. Yeah. <laughs> so And there it is, Max. That is the moment that happens inevitably in every episode where I am suddenly starving. Just talking about the different kind of doughs and pizzas and everything. And I love Pizza Source Rex. I have been very vocal about that. And I am now starving. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it happens during the interview live, and then it happens as we listen back and edit the episode. 
Oh, I forgot. We did this interview a while ago. I forgot you could buy the dino sauce by the court. Oh, I just need a spoon with that. Like, dude, I might be going down there to buy some today to put on whatever I want because it is so freaking good. Best sauce in town. I will say it right there. I have declared it and I will stand by it. It's an everything sauce too. Yeah, put it on your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, maybe just a little bit on your fingertips, put it in your hair, make you feel special. <laughs> it is fantastic. Yeah, I dude, I want some for my sandwiches, for my eggs in the morning, for whatever. Look, bring it over okay. to Salt and Straw and say, make an ice cream out of this because they'll do that. They got all Ooh. kinds of crazy stuff going on there. And the other weird thing I gotta say, it's a good looking sauce. It's got great vibrant green yes. and you got a little bit of olive oil in there. It is just it's just a good looking sauce. It is, absolutely. As their pizza is good looking too, man. The the, the pan style absolutely. pizza. It works well to reheat, maybe better than most pizzas to reheat, zap it for 15 seconds to start it warming up and then throw it in the toaster oven and just like, oh dude. Okay, we're gonna have a conversation right now. You put your pizza in the microwave, I cannot do that. Too soggy. I am purely a toaster oven guy, and I figured out the exact science here. You put it in the toaster oven, put it to 350. When you smell it, it's done. It's usually about <laughs> five to six minutes. Yeah, I don't I don't get it warm or even the cheese melted. I just put it in the microwave for like 10 to 15 seconds just to take the chill off so that it doesn't overcook in the toaster oven. See, this is why I respect you. I respect all those things. You have a science down, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, there's a method to the madness in using the microwave a little bit. So let's jump back in. Chloe started talking a little bit about what her dreams and aspirations are for the future, which include a really fun idea for a cafe in Sacramento that could do some special things if she ever really gets to see that dream to fruition. My long-term goals, honestly, are to either get into bartending or owning a cafe of my own. I'd really like to do that. I, I love baking and I like desserts and stuff like that and like pastries and brownies, cookies, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I'd really like to do that someday. What, what's your dream menu in your cafe? Someone just came and gave you a million dollars to open your own cafe. I'm absolutely picturing Ratatouille right now and envisioning right. her with the cafe. So like I'm totally enthralled in this. I want, honestly, I want everything to be kind of homey. Which, what's funny though is if I was going to open a cafe, I'd want it to be like, horror movie themed because that's kind of my thing but all I want all the food to be very comforting like cinnamon rolls cinnamon rolls and brownies and cookies and I love making ginger snaps and snickerdoodles and just little things like that I'd also want there to be alcohol involved <laughs> but yeah just kind of a mishmash of everything that I love yeah yeah have you ever been to is psycho donuts in Portland or in San Jose there's a psycho donuts and then there's also one that was like a spinoff, one of the owners left. And I can't remember, one started in San Jose, one started in Portland. Portland one is Voodoo. Voodoo. So Voodoo. Psycho Donuts is in San Jose. I don't know if it survived COVID, but it had been there for a long time. <laughs> but the whole theme was like, it's an insane asylum. And oh, even the cool. servers were yeah, in Yeah, all like, servers belong there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just, yeah, everyone in the industry. Yeah, but it was like they, they wore nurse outfits and doctor outfits. Oh, and cool. it was like a whole, and then their donuts all, they had like blood themed and eyeballs and all kinds of wild stuff so i like that that I mean, theme can definitely work i mean I, you know there's nowhere really like fun. that in sacramento right now like the closest thing we had to like goth or horror themed anything was back when honey and the trap cat was actually knobs and knockers mm. and they were owned by that german couple but they don't own it anymore so it's more like you know it's kind of cool but it's not the same feel at least not for me i don't know i love that stuff <laughs> yeah that's fun i'm picturing ginger snaps like the gingerbread man in shrek when 
I mean, if you just have like a raspberry, and then later in the movie they're like sticks back together. (laughs) If you just have some some kind of raspberry or strawberry jam, there's blood. You can do anything with blood. Yeah, that sounds cool. The layer. I'm just picturing it there. Yeah. What's the thing you've made at home, like the baking item you're most proud of? Ooh, I. You got to show up to a party. To a goth party and bring something what are you what do you bring in that people are just gonna be like oh yeah this is it if i'm going to if i'm trying to make something that's gonna be like impressive i really like making this chocolate kalua cheesecake Ooh. that i make <laughs> like it's got like oreo crust obviously and kalua cheesecake base and ganache and espresso beans i like that it sounds awesome yeah that and pumpkin cheesecake i really like making cheesecakes those those are those are really good i love that the oreo was obviously i mean obviously. of course why not yeah right yeah Let's also just take a moment to celebrate how lame I am that I just asked about a goth party as though, like, a goth party, quote-unquote, is a thing. <laughs> it shows, uh, shows, you're it shows that I'm about to turn 40. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So outside of restaurants, outside of food, like, who are you? What do you like to do? What, what do you spend your time doing when you're not up at 3 o'clock in the morning making pizza? I read a lot, honestly. I'm a very boring person. <laughs> no. I spend a lot of my time just, like, reading or painting. I like to go out and, like, walk around Sacramento and like find different restaurants and cafes and stuff like that get a drink here or there but yeah I most mostly reading I cook at home a lot too mm. like I just like making sure that my cupboard is stocked <laughs> but yeah that's about it honestly what are you reading oh right now I'm reading a very sad book about the FLDS church which oh yeah sure. I read everything I mostly read fiction but right now I'm reading a lot of nonfiction, so I'm trying to learn a little bit more about the world it's just making me sad yeah <laughs> it's difficult to do I totally understand that yeah all of a sudden I'm realizing like that that whole ignorance is bliss thing is a real thing yeah right. so I don't know after this I'll probably read something funny yeah yeah, I mean, you're Neil's back in school right now as a journalism and political science dual major, so he's back into, like, really having to pay attention. Real that's lighthearted that's, stuff. That's yeah, heavy. I bet. That's depressing. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite book you've read in the last year? My favorite book that I've read yeah. in the last year? Oh, I really loved Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Okay. That book was fantastic. What's your, we'll, we'll, we're going, we're already moving into rapid fire, but we're not food related yet. So what's, you said you're a horror movie fan. What's your, I'm not going to say favorite, but what's, like, top five off the top of your head? The Thing. That one is number one, definitely. Halloween, the original Halloween, mm. really, really good. Hmm. This is a tough question because I like a lot of horror movies. Oh, Evil Dead. Evil mm. Dead and Evil Dead 2. I lumped them together as like one yeah. one thing. It's fantastic. It's a one sitting. Yeah. yeah, you can watch both of them. Yeah. I've met Bruce Campbell before, which was really cool. So I'm like, I'm Me a too. huge I fan. Yeah. It's awesome. I served him tequila at, at uh, the Kimpton Sawyer when that, I was working there. That's a better story than mine. I just went to a book signing. <laughs> yeah, he's really nice. Yeah. It's like the one, I think the only celebrity I met there where I actually said something because I love Bruce Campbell. I used to have the show of the show Burn Notice and like. Briscoe County Jr. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what is it? Why am I blanking on. Army of Darkness. Yes, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, we digress. So, Evil Dead, where are we at? The Thing, Evil Dead, Original one Halloween. Two, original Halloween. Yeah. Just anything really, like the campier, the better. I also really love Rocky Horror, even though okay, it's not technically sure. a horror movie. It's still kind of, it, it ends up lumped in that category. I've been to a lot of live shows for that, and it's super fun. So That's that one fun. is one of my favorites. Repo, the Genetic Opera, which is kind of in that same category. That one's really good. If you like musicals. <laughs> I love musicals. Who doesn't love musicals? They're great. Yeah, they are. And who doesn't love a musical about repossessing body parts? Like, that's <laughs> that even awesome. better. It takes to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to ask rapid-fire food-related questions, which is always how we end the interview. So, Chloe, what is your favorite... This is food-related. What's your favorite cheap, guilty pleasure? Hot dogs, especially the hot dogs you get after a night out on the street. Street dogs. Yes. 100%. Bacon-wrapped? <laughs> Fully loaded. Yes. Yeah. You need everything on there. You need the peppers, and the, it's got to be greasy. you got to be dropping half of it on the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> They've started having those outside of Kings games, and I feel like it makes the game like more authentic like, because oh, they have them outside. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. We're a legit game city that we yeah. have. Random vendors showing up with hot dogs. Yeah. That's awesome. Great guilty pleasure. I totally agree. <laughs> I like Nathan's the best. Do you have a type? No. Okay. I'll take any street dog. It's delicious. Yeah, street dogs are the best, yeah. What is your favorite dish to cook at home? At home, I cook a lot of rice bowls. So I do a lot of, like, a lot of, like, Spam bowls, so it's like hey. spam and vegetables and rice and like furikake and all that stuff. So like I like I like Asian food a lot, so I'll do that and like yakisoba. Have you done any Asian themed pizzas at Pizza Source Rex? Or have you no, tried to pitch any? I'm trying. I want to get some. I want to get some seaweed in there. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Me and one coworker have been talking about it a lot. We're trying to figure out what, how we're gonna how we're gonna get that in there. Yeah. You let me know. I'll come down and get it. Yeah, no, just... Jap- <laughs> I love Japanese food. And I went to Japan recently, and they have amazing pizza in Japan. So oh, really? 100%. Like, wood fire. It's pretty cool. I'll pitch it to Dave and be like, look, we're doing this now. Right? You should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll come I'll come get some. Or just don't tell them, and it's just out there one day. <laughs> like, and when it sells out, you're like, hey, hey. Oh, I mean, oh, uh, oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> On that note, what is, outside of Pizza Source Rex, what is your favorite pizza in Sacramento? And I'll I'll give you context. After this, so like a Monday afternoon lunch pizza. So the thing is, my favorite pizza that was in Sacramento doesn't exist anymore. So I only eat pizza from Pizza Source Rex now because it is my favorite. Okay. But before that, the pizza they had at Holy Diver was the best pizza. It was the thin crust, super greasy, cheesy pizza. And I don't know, I don't normally like thin crust, but they did it right. Something about it was just perfect. Like, I would crave that pizza. I'd be like, mm. I'm going to Holy Diver just for pizza. It was great. I never had that one. I didn't either. That's a great, interesting answer. Yeah. I like that. Vito's is my that kind of pizza for me. Like, I just want a greasy slice. Yeah. And I mean that in a, in a fond way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite, like, cheap chain pizza? Mm, this is going to be controversial. I like Little Caesars. I don't think that you. is controversial. Thank yeah. you. No, I fully agree. <laughs> like, you can't really go wrong with If you really, like, want pizza and you want it right now, it's hot and ready. It's right there. Let them know. It's, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, Love was, Little that, Caesars. That was, like, the resurgence of Little Caesars was the $5 <laughs> hot and ready. Like... I don't Whatever know. Whatever CEO they brought in that came up with that plan that saved that company is an absolute genius because... Little that, Caesars was dead, I feel like, for 10 years of my life. And then all of a sudden, $5 Hot and Ready came out. And it was like, holy cow. I've been to several parties where I've walked in and they hand me 10 bucks and say, go get some pizza. And I'm yeah. like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That was my lunch like ha- like for half the days through high school. It was just one of those pizzas. <laughs> Five bucks. I mean, you can't, get, you can't go anywhere else and get a full lunch like that. Yeah. Yeah. What dish from your childhood would you like to go back in time to eat? It's definitely, ooh, that's a tie. Because I really love my mom's stroganoff. I've said that like three times mm. already. In this, already, really good. But I think if I could, my great grandma's pineapple upside down cake. Oh, that's a classic. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. That is a like. Is there a more quintessential grandma dessert? I uh, feel like so you have like an A plus grandma cake. right yeah. now. Between <laughs> straight up being like, you're gonna hire her, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, my great grandma would make this cake 
whenever my uncle would visit, she'd always have like this huge spread and like make all this food. And sometimes she'd make this cake and she did it in her cast iron pan and she'd made the caramel sauce and she mm. put the pineapples down. And it was my favorite. I had it for my birthday every year until, well, I still have it. I didn't get it this year because things came up. But yeah, I, every year I want this cake. <laughs> Do you know how to make it? Have you ever made it for yourself? I feel like if I made it for myself, it wouldn't be the same. So I make other people make it for me. <laughs> no, I totally understand but that. But yeah, if my grandma could make it for me again, if she if she could make it, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it here before. Like we've talked to chefs and people in here who talk about trying to remake their it's childhood favorite, same. and it's like it's just it's not working. It's you also made working. a funny comment about eating waffles at your grandparents. And my my grandpa, it was his Belgian waffles were his specialty. And he like, I, I don't know what he did, but no Belgian <laughs> waffle has ever tasted like that since. Dude, yeah, breakfast food at grandma's yeah. is... She would always heat up the syrup. Like, I don't yes. know, something about that, like making the syrup hot, I was like, oh, that is that is perfect. Luxury. <laughs> Straight out of the microwave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's so easy to not do, and it makes such a difference. For it to be warm and thinned out yeah. and it gets absorbed into the water. Literally right? that extra 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Right on. Yeah, well, that was fantastic. I yeah. had a great time. Cool. Well, Chloe Booth, thank you so much for coming on the Dine One Six. It was great to have you. Thank you, guys. Neil, that was a really fun conversation. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. We certainly did. We had a really good time talking with Chloe about everything from horror movies to books and certainly Pizzasaurus Rex pizza, which I am not sure I'm going to get through the next 48 hours without one of those pies on my table. I kind of feel like I need one as soon as possible, especially if she could get Dave to let her make that Korean style pizza. Uh, yeah, I'll be all about that. Absolutely. Any kind of Korean style, anything I am into. Um, just the creativity that she had and her willingness to think outside the box was just so cool and so invigorating. Like, it really wants me, like like you said, I just want to go eat her pizza and whatever creativity she has. I just want to, like, let her do it. Like, next time I go order a pizza there, I'm be like, let Chloe do her thing. I will enjoy it. Yeah. What's Chloe? What's What ideas does Chloe have brewing back there? Let her throw it on a pie so I can try it and it would be delicious i'm sure that's why we do these right because not only do i get to hear the food and i want the food but i get to hear the person behind the food and they're a really cool person and it makes me want to go eat it and enjoy it and support those restaurants even more so i think mission accomplished on this episode for sure absolutely there's nothing i love more than understanding the why the story behind the food as we've talked about makes the food just that much more cool and exciting and engaging and just kind of you know while your tongue is happy with the flavors your brain gets a little bit of thinking too and it's a lot of fun <laughs> absolutely well we hope you enjoyed this episode of the dine one six if you did please subscribe wherever you're listening whether it's on youtube whether it's on your favorite podcast app and most importantly Send it to some friends. If they don't know about Pizzasaurus Rex, tell them to listen to this episode and then go grab a slice. They do have slices there as well as full pies. If you did not know that, one of the places in town you can get a square slice. I will warn you, though, one slice will not be enough. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I should I should amend. Go get a couple slices, minimum, and maybe a quart of dino sauce and some ranch. Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram. The handle is at Dine16. You can reach out to us through the website. Email us, max at Dine16.com or neil, N-E-I-L-L, at Dine16.com. Our opening and closing theme music are by my brother-in-law, Mark Owens. The Dine16 is a production of the Hear Me Now studio in Citrus Heights, California. We've got more pizza episodes coming up. Keep an eye on that feed. And until then, as always, eat some pizza you love with someone you love.